fellowship, and it's a good thing. So, good to be here. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And we are created in Jesus Christ to do good works. If you have your Bible open to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning, I just quoted partly chapter 2, but I'd like for you to open to chapter 4, beginning in verse 25, which starts with a therefore or a so then. So then, putting away falsehood, let us speak truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil, or don't give him a foothold, as one version says. Thieves must give up stealing, rather than let them labor and work honestly with their hands, so they have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for which you were marked with the seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now go back to chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, and I want you to notice a word or phrases that give us an indication of what is really important. As a prisoner of the Lord, I beg you, here's the phrase, lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Verse 7, but each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Verse 17, now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord, you must no longer live as Gentiles and the futility of of their mind. Chapter 4, verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and be clothed with the new self created according to the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Live in love, chapter 5, verse 2. You get the idea? Lead with your life. It is one thing to have been saved by grace, it's another thing for grace to have gotten in you. It's one thing to have been saved by grace. Thank God I'm saved by grace. Every Sunday I sit in the pew and I notice this word right here. G-R-A-C-E, grace. It's an humbling thing to think that someone would get up here with any sense of arrogance, with any sense of pride, with any sense of dependence on self, with any sense that that I've got it all together because it is all by the grace of God. It is by God's grace you have been saved. 
But it's not just that you've been saved by God's grace. Is that is God's grace in you? So I've been thinking about Lamar Avenue as you enter the final stretch. And I mean, it's coming soon. The final stretch of this new preacher that will be coming here with a weekend where you would give input and feedback to the search team and the elders, that's coming very soon. You're not going to have to put up with me much longer, okay? But here's the reality. As I think about that, and I remember seven or eight months ago when I said, it's not just about getting the right preacher, it's about being the right church. It's not just about getting the right preacher, it's about being the right church, the right kind of people, shaped by the grace of God. Here's the principle. If you have received God's grace, be gracious. If you have received God's grace, be gracious. Relationships are difficult, are they not? Relationships are hard. Any way you slice it, no matter how much you care for someone, we're always going to have differences and disagreements and different things. And so as I think about Lamar Avenue, I remember this statistic. 68% of those who took the survey, which was a significant number in this church, have been in this church more than 10 years. 44% of you have been in this church more than 20 years. Relationships are hard, aren't they? As I think about you welcoming a new minister in this church, here's what I think about. How hard it would be to come into a church that so many people are related and so many people have so much baggage with each other over the last 20 years. Now, relationships are great, right? Relationships are good, right? But relationships can also be not only good, but they can be bad and they can be ugly. And there's no way in the world, no way in the world that some of you have been here 20 years and not had some type of relationship struggle with somebody in the body of Christ here at Lamar Avenue. Would anybody want to disagree with that? Oh, we just, it's a loving church. Everybody loves one another. Nobody has any differences of opinions. We're just all on the same page. It's just a wonderful, loving place. And the Spirit of God just takes over this place. And we, we even tried once almost to clap during Get Right Church. We decided we couldn't do that because somebody might disagree with that. And so, but, but, but the reality is, anytime you have a church that a lot of people have either been in the place a long time, have been, are related as I like to say, if you're in the churches of Christ you either, and you talk more than five minutes, you either know somebody, either related to somebody, or wish you weren't. <laughs> but the reality is you, you need to think about how do we welcome a new preacher and he's going to start hearing 
Well, you know, so-and-so's related to so-and-so. If you say something about so-and-so, then you're going to get mad so-and-so. And then you got the former preacher's parents here. And then you got, the, you got this preacher over here. And then you got this person that used to be an elder, but you're not an elder anymore. And you got these people. And these people, I'll tell you what, you got to be careful with them because they're going to take the church in this direction. And you got this person going here. And, and, you know, and the elders. You know, I've had a run-in with the elders. Now, I like three out of the four elders, but that one I just don't get along with very well. And you know why you're laughing? Because it's what? Now John's in Philippians, right? Still. It's four chapters, but John's made it 34, okay? Which is just fine. I believe Christ is mentioned 51 times in the book of Philippians. In four chapters, Christ is mentioned 51 times. John can straighten that out if it's wrong. The message is about Christ, folks. The message is about God's grace, folks. The message is, are we willing to do the relationship work so that the new preacher coming in will not have to sit around, all right, do you see who the the new preacher is having lunch with today? Oh, my goodness, I bet they're filling him with all kinds of stuff. You know, you just can't trust them. I guarantee, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I heard that he went out with these young couples. Well, if the church goes the way some of these young couples want to go, we're all going to be in trouble. Well, we just need to preach the truth. Preacher, I'll tell you, I've been around this place a long time. I'm using all the phrases that I've heard in every church I've been in. Assumptions, stereotypes, because we're human beings. And because we have relationships, and those relationships sometimes are wonderful and beautiful and incredible. It's incredible. I'm thinking about my friend that's going to be uh, having his memorial service this afternoon, Jim Woodruff in College Church in Searcy, Arkansas. He's one of the biggest influences in my life. He was so Christ-centered, and he's so gospel-centered, and spent so much time teaching in the gospels and helped me yearn for what it was like to spend a day with Jesus. I remember hearing Jim just talk conversationally about Jesus. He didn't yell, he didn't scream, didn't holler. He just, you could just see it in his eyes and hear it in his voice. This is a man who thinks a lot about Jesus and tries to live for Jesus. And one time he says, if, if, I, if it took going to hell to know Jesus Christ, I'd go to hell. He said, I want to know. So a few weeks ago, I talked to Jim before he passed away this last Thursday. I was in Searcy. I called him and I said, Jim, this is Grady, and he said, Grady, it's so good to hear your voice. He said, I hear so many good things about your work with Tim and your work with churches, and I'm just so proud of you. It's good. Well, Jim, could I come and see you? Well, I've got so much going on right now with hospice and people in and out and family. And thank you for your call. And I said, Jim, I've heard about uh, your situation. He said, yes, I don't have long. But Grady, I can't wait to see the face of Jesus. That's what he said. I can't wait to see the face of Jesus. I've taught taught about him. I've thought about him. I've prayed. I mean, I just just can't wait. I'm going to miss Louine, but I'm so excited to see Jesus. You see, Christ is what it's about, folks. And so if we're not big enough 
to grow up in Christ and deal with some of the relationship stuff, Satan will get a foothold no matter how good the preacher is. Do you hear me, church? Satan will get a foothold no matter how good the preacher is if the body will not be the body and deal with something. Now I want you to think about who are you in tension with in this, this church? Who do you struggle with? Who have you judged? Because who have you made assumptions about? Who have you had run-ins with? Who does you just don't really, you'll love them in the Lord, but you don't like them in the body. And that's the way my mother used to say it. Well, I love them in the Lord, but I just don't like them in this church. Mama, you can't say that. Well, I said it. Okay, Mama, but that's just not... Well, I'm just, the, raise, the reason he raises his hands on Sunday morning is because he's trying to show off before the church. Mother, that's uh, my wife's cousin. I don't care if it's her daddy. I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? I said, Mama, you know what changed that? One Sunday I said, hey, we're going to invite this couple to lunch at Chili's after, after uh, church. She said, that would be great. I like meeting new people. Well, guess who I invited? I invited my hand-raising cousin that's on my wife's side. And he always sat down front. So it's obviously when he praised God, he'd raise his hands. And, and my mother, you know, I don't know if she didn't make the connection at first or something. We ate. We had chips and salsa. We ate lunch. And he was just so kind to her and visited with her and, you know, just showed interest and talked to her, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we get in the car, take her back to her assisted living place. She said, that is the nicest young man I've met in a long time. And my wonderful daughter said, uh, hey, Gma, we call her Gma. Gma, do you know he's the one that raises his hands? Well, he's not either. He can't be. He's too nice. <laughs> you see, my mama had a stereotype and had a judgment in a sense towards someone. She did not even help me. No. She never said another word. And one day, Another relative of mine came to visit. She said, what's the deal about that four or five people over there that raised hands on Sunday morning? My mama says, you just need to know him. He's one of the nicest Christian men you'll ever meet. I'm thinking, yes, Jesus got in her. <laughs> but how did Jesus get in her? Because of relationships. Because we took the time to listen. We took the time to put them in the same proximity. And I knew his heart and I knew mama's heart. But she made all these judgments, all these stereotypes, all these labels that kept her bound up on the inside. So I want to look at mama and go, mama, if you've been saved by grace, be gracious. Does that make sense? Mama, if you have been saved by grace, it's not enough to be saved by grace. Is grace coming out of you? That's why I love my friend Jim Woodruff so much. He wasn't a perfect man. And he didn't ever claim to be perfect, but when he talked, he talked about, you know, if I want this crucified Savior to be seen, I've got to live a crucified servant life. I've got to act better than I feel. I've got to take care of stuff that's going on in my heart. I can't just isolate myself on the other side of the pew, other side of the auditorium from the person I don't like and never have any dealings. So church, if you want to get ready for a new preacher, and it's impossible to clean a slate. You know, people are like, we just need to start with a clean slate. Relationships are hard. Trust takes time. Forgiveness is hard work, right? 
learning to act in a way that is consistent with Christ, it's not easy. It's hard. I'll, show you, I'll tell you how hard it is. I've been working with a young minister friend who was recently asked to resign from his church. And I checked on him Friday morning. And I received this from him. This is how hard it is. He's resigning today. Was asked to resign. Grady, it's been one of the most difficult weeks in 13 years of marriage and ministry for me and my wife. We are very broken. Everything is settling in. All of the connections are going to be broken. The shame that goes along with being asked to resign, even though it had nothing to do with morals or ethics. I preached my convictions and there was absolutely no moral failure. It doesn't change the fact that I worry about how people are going to perceive it all. I guess what hurts me most is the anger I feel at the secret meetings and complaints. It's difficult to hand over to God. The resentment that people were upset with me and never once came to talk to me about it is weighing on me. Right now, how I'm feeling, I just don't know if I could ever be vulnerable in a church again. My emotions all over the map. I'm trying to get some help this week for me and my wife. Relationships are hard. He was asked to resign. And the people that kept talking to the elders, the people that kept talking, had nothing to do with doctrine, had nothing to do with morals. It just they didn't like his style. Or they didn't like something or didn't jihaw with certain people in the church. They didn't even talk to him. No one ever went to him directly. Do you hear me? I'm a preacher. Don't do it. It's ungodly. It's unhealthy. It's, it is immoral. It's just not the body of Christ being the body. It's operating out of the flesh. It's wrong. It's unhealthy. It doesn't help you as a church. And we do it with each other all the time in so many different ways. And it's so subtle. We're so used to it. I don't like it. I've done some of it myself. I've labeled other preachers. I've done some of that. I'm not proud of that. If I'm in Christ, listen to the text. We are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Don't let the sun go down. And don't make room for the devil. How does the devil, how do we make room for the devil when we don't want to deal with the relationship stuff in our lives with other people in the body of Christ? How does the devil, twice he mentions it, don't make room for him, and then he says don't let him get a foothold in some verses. How does he get a foothold? How does he get a foothold? When bitterness is in our life, when resentment is in our life, when anger is in our life. That's what the text says. Put away from you. He says, don't grieve the Spirit of God. What grieves the Spirit of God? Those emotional things that are tied into the relationships we've had for years in a church. 
So when I say 60 of the people that took the survey in this church, safely over 50% of us or more have been in this church a long time. That means that there's a lot of good relationships that bless our lives. And there's been some relationships that's been hard. And there's been some relationships that have been ugly. But God calls us to the Christ that asks us to grow up and mature. How would the devil get a foothold regardless of how good the new preacher is? When we refuse to deal with things we need to deal with, that's called being responsible. That's called being mature. A church is only as healthy as, its, as the courage of its leaders to live the Christ life and the desire of the church to grow up in the Christ life. If you have received grace, be gracious. Be gracious. So here's the application. You probably got three, four weeks maybe to think about get right church and let's go home. I can't wait to hear about who the new preacher is, Grady. It's so exciting. Do you have that longing to know Christ so fully that you're willing to deal with anything in your heart with anyone else so that he doesn't have to listen to you or anyone else say, well, you know, these young people over here, well, you know, I've known him a long time and he's been cranky all his life. Well, you know, here, he's going to kind of corner you on this position about something. He's going to, what? If we're so focused on Christ and the mission of Christ and the gospel of Christ and the grace of God, the grace of God, if we're so focused on that, wouldn't that grace begin to show up coming out of us, in us, through us, and with us and around us? This morning, when Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians, he's talking to people who have already been baptized into Christ. So if you haven't been baptized into Christ today, it's part of God's grace. It's the way you respond. If you've been baptized into Christ, and you received his grace. Let's go live graciously and celebrate the beauty of the body of Christ in the good relationships that we wouldn't be who we are without them. And let's get through things and let's forgive. One of the signs that you really struggle with forgiveness is the tendency to want to get even. And if you're still feeling the need to get even and to label and to stereotype and not have the conversations, you may have been saved by grace, but grace certainly not in you. Let's move forward, church. You got a great history. You got some really good opportunities here at Paris. Good things are, are happening. You're close to having what we call the preacher, but the preacher's not the whole body of Christ. It takes us all, amen? Let's grow up. Let's speak up. 
and let's move toward Christ as we stand and sing.